everyone. Welcome to Relatable Rambles. Today's episode is a little different as it's going to be part one of a multiple part series. We have a guest whose name we've changed for privacy reasons, but who has quite the story to tell. There will be more to follow after today, but here is part one. She's the listener. I love her. I'm a fan. Oh, I love Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You and like two others. Thank you. I love it. But we're trying. You know, we're, we're working on it. Um, okay. Yes, you are. So welcome to Relatable Rambles. Yes, welcome, Audrey. Yeah, welcome, Audrey. Um, Thank you. Yeah, we have a really awesome guest that I have been just dying to hear the story because I don't even know the stories of oh, her good. It's gonna be life. So it's for you, too. It's okay. all new for me. I mean, I've heard little tidbits, but... Enough to keep me like, ooh, this could be interesting. <laughs> like, just keep me on the edge of my seat. But um, Audrey is one of my longtime clients, and I love her dearly. She's become very, very close to me, and I just don't know what I would do without her in my life. So I'm thank Likewise. you so much for being on our podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me, and I've definitely been enjoying the evolution of the podcast, and I adore you both, and um, I've been uh, obviously listening to it on my very boring drives, so yeah. it has brought me a lot of giggles Good. and humor yeah. and <laughs> impromptu texting. <laughs> I always know when she's listening, because I'll get a text message. <laughs> like, what episode she on? <laughs> oh, but it. yeah, thank you for so I, yeah, like I, um, I, I've been thinking a little bit about over what I wanted to say, and I thought maybe it would be easiest to kind of start way in the back. Yeah. And if, if you want to bear with me, I'll kind of talk a little bit about what it was like growing up, because I do think that has a p- big part of kind of where I ended up in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the main message that I would want to convey if for anyone that would be listening is, is one that it has some, you know, debate, <laughs> excuse me. And that is that people change. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people say people don't change. People change. They can change for the good. They can change for the bad and they can have several big, significant changes in their life. And um, so I really wanted to dispel that myth because uh, they do change given uh, a change in circumstances, a change in attitude, um, change in perspective. You can see people do complete 180s. Um, The other thing that I want to talk about is basically just like recovery, not limited to like alcoholism or drug addicts or anything, but recovery of your heart and your soul and your mind and your spirit and let people know that even in the most extreme circumstances, we see that type of fortitude and resiliency, particularly in children, but also in adults, um, in other countries where people are so much less fortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at these traumatic events and we think, well, how can they ever recover? Well, people actually can recover. Mm-hmm. It's an inside job. For the most part, it's also outside job because you need that love and support and influence and direction. But we do have a lot more self-control, 
um, than I think we give ourselves credit for these days. And um, self-control can be a benefit. It can be done in extremes and it can be done in balance. And for me, that's my ultimate kind of conflict always. I find myself overdoing things and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I know that side of not, you a little not bit. Not you. <laughs> like, chill out. And feel free, feel free to ask questions and, and, and interrupt because I do like, I do like to have questions asked, but Good. I'll start by saying I, I was born in California in the sixties and I was born to that perfect hippie family. Um, there was constant, People in and out of the house, there was constant movement. We were always going. Um, there was a lot of parental kind of absenteeism. And even if they were there physically, they weren't there when, they, you know, when people are smoking pot or doing other mm-hmm. things. There's a very significant um, spatial uh, divide that happens emotionally and, and physically. Um, so I, I grew up, but I grew up pretty, pretty darn happy for the most part, like at the beginning of my life. Um, we lived, uh, way out in the country. I loved it. I had a dog. I had a big brother. I always loved to hike and nature and got to do all kinds of incredible things. Um, one, it was the sixties. Nobody paid very much attention. And two, when you're out in the country, you get a lot more freedom. Right. So we had a lot of freedom and I really enjoyed it. Um, when I was about eight years old, when things really started to pivot for me, I don't remember my parents divorcing. I guess that was about when I was two. Hmm. I do remember my mom's anger. That is my first memory. And, and she just passed away, by the way, um, for those that are listening. Um, but I do remember that. And I remember her being very mad at my dad. And um, bless her heart, she never spoke disparagingly about him, which I really appreciate as an adult. Um, but he did leave her, um, myself and my brother, at about three years old, um, up on a mountaintop with a car that had been uh, crushed by a tree during a snowfall. So I remember very early um, worrying about food and worrying about how we were going to get off of this mountain. And um, I remember very clearly my mom's rage. Um, And I think that's really where she may have started to develop her more kind of supplemental emotional support system of drugs and alcohol. And that was, um, became more and more relevant in our lives. And, um, eventually we moved. I don't have a lot of childhood memories. Um, I've heard that that is very common in what they call compound trauma. Yeah. Um, that you, you just don't remember. Um, I only remember really like significant moments, um, but eventually, uh, she did marry an alcoholic. We moved, uh, to a small town out uh, in another county and, you know, bless her heart, bless his heart. It was just a constant rotation of 
drinking anger, drinking anger, drinking anger, drinking anger. And it was very scary. Yeah, I bet. And yeah, and at the same time, we were also um, in this very odd place where there weren't a lot of outsiders from the area. And so we came in kind of like this hippie family, you know, we listened to the police. So my, my brother faced a lot of difficulties with like these farm kids. Um, and he ended up leaving. I don't remember this, but I guess at one point my stepdad got into the backseat of the car while he was driving 60 plus miles an hour because God told him to. And I don't remember this at all, but I guess he was in a body cast in our living room for six to nine months. Does your brother so, remember this? I've never asked him. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He got yeah. into the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That. So he got in the back seat. I don't remember him officially leaving the house, um, but I do. Um, so it's kind of odd. I, I remember a few things. I remember like my teacher's name. Mm-hmm. I don't remember friends' names. I don't remember anything. So this is that eight years kind of a. Eight to ten. Eight to ten. Okay. So yeah. from what? So your dad left when you were three. Yeah. And then, how soon did your mom meet this guy? Well, I think I was eight. At one point, um, it's hard to remember everything yeah. because I um, and kind of like sequencing. Mm-hmm. So well, I know at one point, probably when I was. Four, um, we had moved down to Mexico. She started dating this guy from Mexico. We moved down to Mexico. I loved it. Oh my God, loved it. Um, you know, I would run around, I would go to the beach, I would eat tortillas. There was a Mexican woman there who would make me coffee with uh, sugar and cream. Wow. <laughs> and tortillas with cinnamon and sugar mm. and. There was like, but I found recently some pictures and it is poor. There's no roof. There's no, there's like two walls. I'm like a disaster, just completely messed up. But that's not just, what you remember. You remember the good things. Though. Yeah. Like how, oh, it, yeah, how it made uh, you yeah. feel. Like you didn't need yeah. something fancy. Yeah. You just remember how this woman made you feel or how the, yeah. the environment made Maybe that's why you like warm places and stuff. I do. And I, yeah. I do have to say that I'm very affectionate towards people of, of Hispanic culture. I like the music. I like the food. Yeah. I have a great affinity for that. Those, those people. Well, that's probably Can why you say those people? had such a positive experience. <laughs> living in yeah, the very much. world. Yeah. Especially being a little blonde girl. I was a toe, toe head, blue eyed, yeah. you know, um, just treated so well and with such respect. So at one point, um, this is really crazy. So at one point, uh, we were all together, this gentleman, my mother, his name was Carlos, um, and a few military jeeps pulled up. And um, they immediately came in, started kicking things over. Carlos ran. They put us all in the Jeep. They drove after him. They were shooting at him. <laughs> we, he was in the ocean. Um, so I don't know 
what happened after that. I know that they were shooting him at him in the ocean, but I don't remember what happened. I do know that my mom was in the jail and my brother and I were on the streets. Um, I think we were on the streets for nine months and I loved it. (laughs) I had a great time. (laughs) Like, I'm not even going to lie. So I, I was four. If I look at pictures, I was four. And so my brother was five and we were there for quite a bit of time. And, and I loved it. We would go around to different families that they would feed us. We would sleep. Yeah. Great. Wow. Great experience. Wow. And no, no one tried to take like ownership of you or guardian. No. Wow. You just. No. Yep. Wow. One lady would make us breakfast. Another person would make us lunch. We'd go to another place for dinner. And and you'd sleep at one of these places too? What's that? You'd sleep at one of these places too? Yeah. And I can't remember, but I think it may have been at the chief's house of the jail. Oh. I think it was his wife that had us sleep there. If I kind of remember, probably at one point I should probably get with my brother and talk, but we don't. Wow. Yeah. I I think for him, it was traumatic because being the older Older, brother. He probably remembers a little bit more than you do. Yeah. 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 So he remembers things like he'll say things like, hey, you remember? And I'll be like, no, I don't want to. (laughs) Let's not. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not go down that road. Yeah. Let's not remember that. (laughs) So it was really a crazy kind of mom just took a step off the deep end and, and took us with it. So it was like, I, I just remember really crazy things. And I know it was really hard for my brother, like her dating a guy and he would put her in the trunk of the car so we could get in the movie theater, the drive-in movie theater for free. And like my brother just being like, no, you don't put mom in the back of a car, in the, the, the trunk, <laughs> you know, like, so I know for him, it was a lot more traumatic. I had the bliss of being a lot younger. Sure. Um, yeah. So eventually we moved to this small county, um, and um, it, it was really hard. Um, I remember on the first day of fifth grade, I asked a girl if we could eat in class because she had her desk up, and she was, like, shoving a, a sandwich in her mouth, and she turned around and slapped me. And that was kind of, like, how those kids were. They were, like, little redneck psychopaths. <laughs> So it was, it was not easy. Holy shit. You guys can't see my face yeah. right now, but I'm like stunned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I still remember her. Well, I shouldn't Fuck say that. her name, but Fuck I won't. Fuck that bitch, Audrey. That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but bless her heart, you know, I, then you find out later, like her dad's a lunatic, you know, oh, yeah. burnt their house down on purpose. Oh my god! So she she also had some home trauma. Yeah, yeah. So bless her her heart, right? So we moved up to that spot, and um, my brother left to live with my dad, and that was really, really hard for me because that dynamic shifted of Mm. being kind of ignorantly dependent on the my brother to take care of me and handle all the situations. Now it was like, whoa, I am alone. And it felt very alone because my mom would leave. She was gone. Uh, She had relationships and she did not want a parent and she was done. You know, she, she was done. Whatever inside of her 
Brooke. And, and so she was completely checked out and, and she was involved with, you know, men that were, you know, good, kind enough to me, obviously, that's the one nice thing. She, she was good that way, but, but they were alcoholics or drug addicts or both. And that just was a very difficult thing. And as I got older, to be alone in an old house in the country, <laughs> in the dark, without food, mm-hmm. sometimes the electricity would be turned off, you know, things like that. It was very scary. And I really w- loved my dog. That dog was everything to me because he was such a, such a comfort. and Your constant uh, companion. Constant companion. Yeah. And I felt so safe, right? Mm-hmm. I just knew this dog would kill anyone. But um, when she was home, then it was, you know, I think probably coming down from partying. So very grumpy, very angry. Um, and then um, kind of had always been around a lot of pot. So I learned very young how to trim pot, how to measure pot, how to sell pot, how to hide pot, how to hide what you do, keep secret, keep secret, keep secret. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing. You always kept secrets. So that was that was a, a hard thing to break as an adult. Mm-hmm. But we eventually, uh, my mom got into cocaine. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so that was really hard because yeah. that is a whole other element of gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so people would be over and like she would send me to bed. And I would be listening yeah. all or the time. How can you yeah. Not? Like, yeah. yeah. Like who's downstairs? What's the conversation? What's going on? What's going to happen? Who's going to do what? Um, so I don't have a lot of memory. I was just came on a memory the other day um, of, of there being a big marijuana bust and having like helicopters and being held at gunpoint and like really crazy things. But what, what bothered me, it's interesting. What bothered me was I just wanted someone to help me with my homework. (laughs) That's all I wanted because as I was kind of going through things, I was getting more and more behind. Mm -hmm. Oh, it makes me cry. See, even today. It makes me want to cry. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just wanted. I just wanted help with my homework because yeah. I didn't want to be stupid, mm-hmm. and I was starting to feel like that's what I was, mm-hmm. and I, I, I just that's what I craved to someone. Like I remember one time my neighbor had asked me to watch her rabbits, and I was really terrified of her dog, and I had gone to my mom and I said, "I'm so afraid of this." Ladies, dog, don't be ridiculous. Go, go take care of these rabbits. And I let them die because I was so afraid to go to the dog. And I couldn't get my mom to, like, go with me to feed these fucking rabbits that haunt me today. <laughs> but just things like that. That's, that's what was, to me, the kind of drugs, alcohol, all of that, that kind of lifestyle – felt so normal that that wasn't what hurt me. Right. What hurt right. me was the absence of, of just Your basic those needs things. weren't getting met. Yes. I mean, the basic, basic needs. Basic things yes. that children need. Yeah. Yes. As a teacher, I know, you know how important yes. that is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. So we just, um, so we just were kind of like two planets orbiting in different spaces for quite a bit. And, and I, I relied a lot on friends and friends' families. Um, and I would go to their houses a lot and spend time there. And it was so nice. Um, but no one was really allowed to stay at my house. So, mm. which I get now. I didn't as a kid. I really yeah. resented it. Um, but um, I'm, I'm really grateful to those families that really took me in. And there's a couple in particular that, I mean, just, they loved me and they gave me food and shelter. And um, as I got older, work, so I could like have a little bit of money. And, mm-hmm. but uh, when the kind of drugs situation started, you know, um, I was very young and I did my first cocaine with my mom. How old were you? Very young. 13. 13. Yeah. Do you remember how you felt after you did it? Yep. Great. 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 Fantastic. Which and, um, I'm sure was a little bit of an escape. Mm-hmm. Or felt probably like a yeah. bonding moment between you and your mother that you weren't getting yeah. otherwise. Right. Yeah. 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 And, um, it was interesting. Like I, I wouldn't drink. Um, I didn't smoke pot cause I wouldn't cause it, I hated it with every ounce of my being. But for some reason that was really appealing to me and I did it in excess immediately. Like I, immediately, like I remember taking, they had like a stash of it under the bed and it was like, I remember taking a considerable amount and like going out and being in somebody's car and just being like, <laughs> so like, it's interesting and I'll get more into that, but this is a lot of about being addiction and recovery. My story is, but it's funny how for a long time I thought that I did things addictively as a result of a circumstance. And I realized that even as a young kid, and I don't know what that comes from. I don't know if that's something in our psychology, actual wire in our brain or, or something else, but like, I wouldn't have an orange. I'd have four oranges. Mm. I would have a thing of orange juice. I would, if I was doing something, I was doing it. I remember like the monkey bars, you know, I would stay on there for hours and I didn't realize that until actually fairly recently that that was kind of zoning kind of otherworldly kind of thing. My brain is very attracted to that. Like I could probably exercise every day like a psychopath. I'm glad you're Yeah, and then I not tell you, yeah, to not <laughs> you for not <laughs> and then being... I yell at you and say that right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> but like or if I study, you know, I study but if I work, yeah. I work. You know, like yeah. everything's so obsessive. Um Yeah. So I'm not sure what that is. There's a lot of argument today that through, you know, neuroscience and studies of the brain that there is actually potentially a pathway of transportation in the brain that isn't that doesn't light up when i say light up they're using some type of imagery some right, heat right, imagery right. that doesn't light up for people that tend to be addicted 
that says, that, that tells you to and they stop. think that's the pathway that says, I've had enough. Yeah. Got it. That's yeah. enough. That, that isn't they, where they see it warm up the heat. Mm-hmm. They're saying that there is a potential pathway that isn't connected. It doesn't tell you, hey, that's good. Huh. Yeah, you do not need okay. to spend six hours on the monkey bars going round and round and round and round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so things were really tumultuous and, and um, you know, it wasn't, I, I wasn't interested in continuing doing drugs or anything. Um, I, you know, kind of played at it for a little while and um, mostly I just wanted to do good in school and it was, I was so far behind. I was so sad. And, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't have up where we lived. It was just such a hard place. Um, you know, we had a teacher throw books at us and call us jackasses and, Whoa. you know, yeah. And so really, really, I mean, this is years ago, obviously. So really kind of, Really, I would say really abusive kind of yeah. upbringing <laughs> in, in the sense because, you know, calling you stupid and jackass and, yeah, and, um, it is verbal yeah. abuse. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Emotional yeah. abuse. Emotional, everything. verbal, yeah. yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, outside of just the neglect and stuff at home and the mm-hmm. anger, I'm sure you suffered from your mother, but then also receiving it in school. I mean, you, yeah, the only place it yeah. sounds like that was safe were the friends' houses. Very much so. And I just, oh gosh, I just remember, I just want to be, I just wanted to pass a test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, can I pass a test? And I, I just got so far behind that it was just pathetic. So eventually, I, I don't, fully remember the full circumstances, but somehow my mom was gone as usual. Um, I was just turned 15. Um, and all these people showed up, um, at my house that were in high school and seniors and they threw this huge party. I couldn't get anyone to leave. They thrashed the house and my mom came home and she said, out you go. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, well, hey, aren't you supposed to like kick their ass? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute. Like, what, what do you mean? So she, she said, you know, get in the car. She had my stepdad, who's my stepdad now, but at the time was just another one of those guys. Right. And drive me down to my dad's. Showed up at my dad's. My dad said, I don't have room for you. I turned around. And I left. So I've been on my own since a very young age. Um, lucky for me, um, my brother, who lived with my dad, um, uh, had an amazing girlfriend who is my sister-in-law. <laughs> Wait, I have, I have one question. Um, yeah. So your, your mom dropped you, left, and then you went to your dad's and he said, I don't have room for you. So you left, but your mom had already gone. So you were on your own. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted so to make just sure that I was suit- dragging a suitcase down gotcha. around okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure but, I was getting my yeah. things right yeah. here. Okay. Uh, wow. Eventually he, he he did make an effort and and potentially there may have been more to that sentence. Sure. But oh, at the time heard, that's, that's what I heard. heard. That's what you heard. Yeah. Because yeah, right. I just went, meh. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but my brother was dating this amazing woman who you who know. Who I love Amber. her so much, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so they've been together all these years, uh, lucky for me. And um, so her mom, it was just like, hey, get in here. Wow. Um, and then I met another uh, friend. I um, enrolled in school for a freshman year down in uh, Sonoma County. And I didn't make it. <laughs> I was so far behind. Uh, so I quit school, um, unfortunately, a couple months into my freshman year. And uh, that really played into my insecurities. Yeah. Um, really felt bad about myself. Um, but I, I, I kind of had it together. I had a job. I ended up uh, becoming um, roommates with a gal whose mom let me rent a room. Bless her heart. She was so good to me. Um, and they, I just rented a room. I worked. Um, 15, 16 years old? 15. Wow. Yeah. 15 years old. And, um, yeah, I just kind of got my shit together. Um, really became... Um, good at working because I had good ethics. I know that's shocking, but I did have and still do have really strong ethics. I mean, the, the puzzle of my mom was that if she was such her, her beliefs and how she, ex, her expectations of me were so polarized from what she was doing and how we were living. But that did not mean that I got an inch. I was expected to always be polite, be respectful. That was a very huge component in our house. I've to this day, I don't think I've ever like openly disrespected my mom. I've never made her feel guilty or bad. I've always thought, it's okay. It's fine. like we were just raised so bizarre. Like if yeah. you see someone, you give them your seat. You, you, you know, like it was really interesting. So she had been raised with these really great, strong foundation of good manners, good ethics, good morals, honesty, all these things. So we weren't allowed to misbehave. Yeah. But yet we were you know, Living dealing out a, ounces of cocaine. Right. Like, yeah. Like, which is, yeah, you're right. It's very opposite. Yeah. Like very. Yeah. Did you have yeah. grandparents around at all when you were growing up? No, we had no family okay. around. So they had come from another state. I was the only one born in, in California. So we didn't have any family around. Okay. Um, and, and, uh, I think it would have looked a lot different had yeah. I, Yeah. Um, but you know, I know both of, like her, my grandmother, who was around for a little bit and then passed, and she was very remote. Um, I loved her very much, but she was a very cold person. Mm-hmm. She reminds me of my daughter, actually. <laughs> <laughs> very we'll call cool, her like, Natasha, and Natasha yes. is... Yes. I, I, but I love her, too, but her... Natasha, <laughs> yeah. But she was very, very remote. Obviously loved me. Yeah. Obviously loved me, but very remote. She didn't... <laughs> we would go to see her. She wouldn't come to see us. Mm-hmm. Like, so. Yes. Yeah. 
So, um, doesn't give the warm fuzzies by any means. <laughs> no, no, no. But I do, I, I did really, really love her. Um, yeah. so I, yeah, so we had these really strong, and when, when my mom had been raised, she'd been raised very Christian, very okay. law abiding, very, you know, so she knew, we knew right from wrong. Where and that's she... almost the most painful. Yeah. Where was she from? Your mom. Midwest. I was going to say. I was like, was yeah. that in California? I was like, what southern no. or midwestern state did she come yeah. from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But she was amazing. Like, she came from, from the Midwest alone at 18 to San Francisco, you know. Mm-hmm. But she was, she was a remarkable woman, but just lost her way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely self-medicating. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. medicating. So when you say that you fell behind in school, was that because you weren't brought to school? Because I know a lot of kids in those situations, they don't have a way to get to school or they have no help in getting work turned in and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I could get to school. I just couldn't get once I started falling behind. um, No one was there to say, Hey, come on, let's try. Let's let's sit down. Let's figure this out. Let's work and on this. None math of the problem. teachers tried yeah. to be like, "What's your home situation nope. like?" Never I see that you're not turning in your homework, or no, they just said, "Oh, you're stupid." So that's why you're not turning in your work. So I'm that's not right. going to bother yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. Whatever's going to happen, so, yeah. Gonna happen so, with you. Yeah. So then you become like a bad kid. Sure. Even though my behavior wasn't bad, mm-hmm. I was. I was a. I wasn't like suspended or, you know, I wasn't missing school. I wasn't creating problems. I just was so behind. Mm -hmm. And of course I totally convinced myself that I was just stupid because I didn't realize that that the other kids, yeah, Yeah. but I didn't realize that the other kids were going home and someone was saying, no, you take, you carry the two. Yeah. And then, you you know, and then you add, right. Oh, Mm -hmm. or, Hey, sit down, do your homework. I didn't know that that was happening. I just thought that these kids were going home, getting this stuff done on their own and turning it in. So they're so much smarter than me. Sure. So were you, were you embarrassed to ask friends for help? Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured. And that's why, because if you're spending time eating meals at these people's houses, I figured if you were wanting to get help, but we're just feeling a little too embarrassed to say, Hey, how did you do this? Yeah. Yeah. So I would, if I was at a friend's house and they were doing their homework, I would do what I could and then like fold the paper in half and then be like, yeah, I finished. Mm. Oh, you want me to test you? No, I got it. Okay. You know, and then I started to kind of like lie to my friends. Oh, uh, what'd you get on the test? Oh, and hey, sure. They know Right. your grades up on the chalkboard or whatever back in the day it oh didn't, my gosh. there was no code <laughs> there was a dunce cat you know uh, but that was really 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 hard for me I that was really upsetting and what was particularly upsetting at the same time is that my dad had met this lady and they had she had two children and they were all Waldorf and he worked at the school, and she worked at the school, and they were just these little perfect angel boys that went to this cool school. And then my older brother was in soccer and baseball, and 
getting written up in the paper for his artwork and all awards and um, uh, woodworking. And, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Like, where, what the hell? So it just became about unworthiness. Yeah. That why was okay. I not chosen to yeah. be in this family yes. kind of thing. Yeah. But- so then I just felt so unworthy and just horrible about myself. And when I was kind of getting my, when I moved down to uh, the County that I live in now, and I was, you know, living with my girlfriend and her mom, you know, I was doing some shitty stuff. Quaaludes were in, cocaine was in. What's what's a quaalude? I don't know what that is. You know, I'm not really sure. I think it's like a, how does it make you feel? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. How do you spell? How do you, how do you, I don't even remember. Mushrooms, Quaaludes. all of it. Oh. Uh, what is that? It's a methacolone? What is that? Oh, what is it used for? Oh, a sedative. Uh, oh, it's a sedative. Oh, yeah. I would guess it would be something similar Sedatives to an opiate. That increase neurotransmitters. Yeah, receptor to be. Oh, a hypnotic or... But then go down a little bit. There was one that said... Uh, what is it like? Is that... What is it? No. Oh. Oh, that doesn't give us much. No. Interesting. Okay, so it's like a... It's a, a sleeping aid. Go, go night-night. <laughs> yeah. Know. So, yeah. I'm not hip on drugs. <laughs> down, all around. Yeah, yeah. But it was really interesting because eventually, even though I was kind of dabbling in those things, I eventually just lost all interest and everything huh. everything I didn't drink coffee I didn't smoke pot I, I, I wouldn't do anything I wouldn't drink alcohol nothing Very and it wasn't all even like nothing a, mentality it seems like yeah right yeah. god so all of a sudden I just became this really prude and that's my family used to call me it was a prude you're a prude, you're a prude, you're a prude, you're a prude, you're a prude. So became kind of very prudish um, and very conservative um, when I was able to kind of develop myself. Um, so I started to kind of like develop myself. And mm-hmm. I found out that I don't particularly like to be under the influence of anything. I don't like that lifestyle. I don't want to do anything like that. I also, you know, very odd is I grew up eating only organic. So my mom would disappear and there would be no food. But let me tell you, there was no candy. There was no sugar. There was no cans. There was no nothing. Like we ate. Interesting. Perfect. So organic. So bizarre. Highly nutritional food. When you think about someone who's going off, you know, on a bender or, you know, yeah, disappears, sells drugs, whatever, and leaves their kid at home with no food, nothing. You think of them bringing home like here's some Doritos, here's some McDonald's, or here's a Never my microwavable dinner or something. Yeah. Not yeah. like here's some kale that we grew in the or got from the farmers market. That, like that's so, absolutely one hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. No. No antibiotics in our food. No. Like no preservatives. Like nothing like that. Like wow. it was not allowed. I remember getting my first candy bar. I remember I had McDonald's when I was pregnant. Wow. With my with my daughter. First one. Never had a soda. But so funny. My mom 
When we were kids, we would stop from my grandmother lived in one county, we lived in another, we would go to visit her, we would stop at a froster freeze and get ice water. And I thought, oh my God, I have arrived. Ice water. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's nuts. Yeah. And it wasn't until recently, like in the last few years, I told that story to my husband and he's like, what? And I never even questioned it. Like, but to me, heck yeah. Ice water at Frost or Freeze? Wow. Luxury. You had a straw. You had a, you know, a cap. <laughs> it was wow. like everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. So we lived in these really very, very polarized. Yes. You know, it was really hard to understand. You know, and there would be, t- you know, this violence at my house and you know, that's the other kind of piece that I left out. My mom was very violent. She would beat me with a hose. She would beat me with a um, a leather belt that had Indian coins on it. Oof. And so they would leave perfect well, circular bruises um, all over me. Um, so she was very violent. It was very scary. Um, but yet we, yeah, yet we had kale, right? Like, I, I'm sorry, yeah. my head. Right. It's, it's fucking it, going to explode. And I, I remember very clearly being nine years old, sitting outside on a picnic table at our house saying, okay, this is, this is it. It's up to me. This is, I'm on my, I'm by myself. This is going to be my journey. And I remember that very conscious moment of thinking, but it was so hard because before my mom had gone off on the deep end, she would be the kind of mom that would bring out like a, a muffin tin and each little um, home would have a different little snack. So raisins and carrots, tomatoes from the garden, you know, so it was just hard to marry these polar, polar opposites. Sure. Yeah. So... I don't know. What that sounds like to me that the person, the in the inside person, right, was that person. That was your yes. mom. But yes. the drugs and the alcohol were this other person. Yeah. This, yeah. I'm gonna abandon you. I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna leave you with no food. Yeah. That person. And yeah. That I'm sure was. And probably still is at some level very difficult to wrangle in your brain to try to. Yeah. It's, it really, really, really is. And it was also really confusing because my dad was living this very charmed life. He had this beautiful property, this gorgeous wife, these two adorable little boys, Waldorf. And your brother you know, was involved with them, right? Because he lived there. Yeah. So he, they had, and he, he had the, he, that she had the two perfect kids and then your brother kind of fell into that mix. Right? Yeah. And so. Yeah. Did he, like they would go to soccer games and baseball games and no one ever in my life has come to any event I've done. 
So until I was an adult, my dad started showing up when I started playing soccer as an adult. And I'm like, dad, so thanks, man. <laughs> did you guys ever have a conversation since he was like, you say he showed up as an adult, right? Or like, when you were an adult, did you guys ever have a conversation as to like, Hey, like where were you? What, like why my brother and not me, you know? Yeah, no. No. Does he know Never. about how you grew up? I can't. I mean, as 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 I get more into the story, um, he did show up for me in in ways that that I absolutely needed. And we we never have talked about it. I don't know if there's any value for me in doing that. Sure, sure, right. Because. Because there's nothing he can do now, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he, and didn't, I he think, didn't know when you were you a child, know, how you were living, did he? Or do you have any idea? What's that? Does, does he have any idea of how you were living then? I mean, when you were a child, I don't, did he know? I don't, I don't know if he knows the degree of how bad it was. Okay. I certainly wasn't saying anything when I went to go visit him. Yeah. Um, which wasn't that often, but like he was, I did love to go visit him. Like he lived in these, some beautiful places. He was so interesting. Like he didn't have electricity and, you know, we were just, we ate like Akmak crackers and homemade ice cream. And so I loved going to see him and he would read to me. Um, I remember that he read to me, um, the Lord of the Rings, that whole trilogy i loved that um but i don't know what good it would do today well no no not today i just meant when you were a child if he knew then what was going on yeah i i don't okay i don't know yeah probably not 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 to that extent so because from based on this what you have said so far it sounds like the only time you ever really showed up to ask for any semblance of help was when your mom kicked you out after the party. And then he said he didn't have room for you. And then you, it sounds like you just were so scorned from that, that you never let him know that you needed help from that day on. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. I was so pissed. (laughs) I can tell you, I was so pissed. I was so pissed. I was so pissed at, at taking the brunt for what happened and not having someone defend me because my mom should have been like, Get the sheriff. You little shits are going to pay. Mm-hmm. And then to have, and then to have that. And you know, to be fair, he was living in a tiny place with three kids and a wife, like probably nine hundred square foot wow. house. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I didn't. Yeah, or that's not what people. I heard. Yeah, that's not what I heard. Right. You know, you just heard. I don't want you. Go away. Yeah. 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 Because as we get further in the story, he did eventually make a room for me off to the, off to the side and, and, and has been a continuous support, um, since thank God, because, um, he's actually a pretty cool person. I, I just don't think he was mature. Uh, How old old was he when he had you guys? He was younger than my mom, and I don't know. I don't know. 
There's so much I don't know. I, so much I wish I had asked her. Gosh darn it. Hmm. Well, but then do you know also, what year he was play. born? Huh? Do you know what year he was born? No. Oh. How old was your mom when... when 30. Okay, so he so was... 20s. Somewhere in his 20s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think just very immature. Sure. Yeah, very immature. Um. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, eventually kind of got my feet underneath me. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, we could, and then, yeah, I have quite a lot more to tell and I know we're kind of at time so we can do a second round, which yes, we'll do the, that. the length <laughs> we're going, it'll probably be many rounds, <laughs> <laughs> probably three. Yeah. Okay guys, that concludes part one. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe to Relatable Rambles so that you are alerted for part two and can listen as soon as a new episode comes out. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.